wealth, I think, is not money or status. Wealth is having an asset that, you know, earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer, how, how, how we transfer time and wealth. Yeah, I just don't, don't attempt to play status games and, you know, I, I think I, I can know how to build. I'm trying to learn how to sell. And if I can do both, I think, you know, anybody that can do both is uh, going to be unstoppable. That's, that's Well, GM, GM, everyone, and GM's you, Bytes 032. It's great to have you on. Likewise. It's, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, I quickly want to touch on like what you do real quick, just to start the conversation off. Um, and then we can dive into more deeper stuff. Okay. Um, 29, I work as a director oh, of New York, okay. New York yeah. based startup. I live in the US. Yeah, I manage a few teams. So, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, you know, in my day to day job, I don't get oh, right. time more. So, you're doing, so, yeah. Okay, right. So, you're basically doing auditing when you wake up at 3 a.m. to 7, I mean, to 10 p.m. 10 a.m., sorry. Um, yeah, like, something like that. And that's like private audits, right? After that, you're working like a day job, basically managing teams? Yeah, that's correct. Got you. I'm like, what are these teams like consist of? Is this like uh, auditing as well, like cybersecurity? I guess no, protocols or completely unrelated. We're building a product. We're building a product that's, uh, you know, helping document, uh, I mean, helping generate nice documents, like like nicely looking documents that are oh. you know, used by businesses that sell a lot of services. Got so you. you, so uh, what do you, you know, you, you have plenty of sales departments in your, in your company and, you know, they just want to, click some, you know, services, sell them quickly, prepare a quote for five minutes. So we, we build out software that actually does that. Right. Got you. Yeah. I've, that's like a complete, completely different field to what you're doing. Yeah. How did you really like start this path of becoming like a self-made auditor and building like a clientele? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just doing research. Yeah, you're just degening. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I uh, so I think I have to go back a little bit mm-hmm. more. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a heavy investor in crypto, like 95% of my portfolio is crypto 2019. I pretty much made all my wealth from that. So I was looking at uh, compounds, you know, blame me or not, nine or 10 months ago, mm-hmm. I didn't know about compounds. I think it was more like 11. So it's like compound dropped a lot. Is is it still oh, a, right. you know a good project to invest in? And you know at the bottom yeah, yeah. of the audits, and I was like, what the heck? What's an audit? And just you know, I just clicked. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. just researching. Should I should I bet my money on that? Um, and then I so like I I I I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about. Sec- Web3 security beforehand, no idea, like literally nothing. So pretty much that's what, yeah, I mean, I just didn't know. So that's what introduced me to, and then I got introduced into security, which yeah, yeah. opened a completely new world for me. I mean, uh, so I like, was, was this, you said 10 years ago, so you started cybersecurity 10 years ago or? As that a dev, was as a dev. Okay, the dev, right, right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And then when... How long ago did you get into like cybersecurity specifically? Um, so you were investing, and then you found Compound, um, and you're looking for the Compound docs, basically. Oh, so like a couple months ago is what is that what you said? Ten months ago, yeah. Ten months, yeah. Okay, right. Interesting. And then, did you do like any sort of what do you call them? Like damn vulnerable DeFi or any of those kind of like capture the flags, or did you just go straight into okay, how do we exploit this? Yeah uh yeah so i i was like you know i'm 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 the type of guy that's gonna over prepare for everything like i'm gonna prepare uh, mm-hmm. a lot of resources i have to learn that in and out you know so i've kind of overstudied the past the last the the, the first few months mm-hmm. but i think that's a good thing because i didn't know solidity i i've you know i've never touched solidity before that i had to learn solidity so i did uh, you know plenty of cdfs I, i've read plenty of reports so yeah. i tried one contest like in my first month i you know i i pretty much i felt so overwhelmed like because i was like oh my God, I need to find this, that, this and that. And I, I had a very, I, I did a very bad mistake where I was auditing after I finished my day-to-day work. Uh, so yeah. it, it was a like disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Got so you. 
around the third month, I changed my plan. I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to wake up, audit whatever results I get, I mean, whatever, and then study if I have time after that. So that yeah. result in, into like, I'm studying what I need on the spot, you know, instead of, you know, building encyclopedia knowledge. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's incredibly important um, to touch on is whatever you want to do in life, whether it's like passion, project, or you're learning something, you've got to do what you want to be or be doing at the start of the day. Because when you wake up, um, that's when you're most fresh and that's kind of kind of like shaping your future self into what you're kind of bringing yourself into the life of what you want to be like. And if you were to do your passion project, like I guess what you were doing after work for a short period of time, you're going to be mentally drained and fatigued and you're going to have no sort of like mental willpower to go, you know, full force for it. Is that kind of like the same reasoning you were thinking of? And so like yeah, after all that stuff absolutely. in the morning, like all of your passion projects done, for example, you're doing seven hours, then you can go to work and do your little slave away or whatever you, you know, you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But then like, you know, you, you have like your reserves and then when you get home, you can go to sleep and start it all over again. Um, but I yeah. think that's, yeah, definitely incredibly important, important. And I think a lot of people should start doing that. I've recently started doing that as well. So I started doing like formal verification in the morning and then doing like my other work later in the day. I'm still just like dedicating the same amount of hours to each thing, but it's just the structure of it, I think, plays a massive impact, right? And I think like one thing a lot of people would find interesting is how did you really build your clientele up as a private auditor? Because I think it's quite difficult to do. Actually, um, it's it's interesting that you ask. Like I'm I'm writing the article that's uh, you know about to be published about you know, exactly about that. Oh right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I front ran. Uh, so I'm uh, yeah. Uh, no no worries. I'm I'm gonna go through it like as is. I have nothing to hide. Okay. So let me let me just let me just think how I how I how I start. Mm-hmm. So. I think there are a few a few paths for an auditor, right? There is a traditional work for a firm path where yep. you just get paid for forty hours a week, right? And then there is uh, you know the the kind of sole auditor path who works for uh, Spearbit and in Y Academy types where you get all the customers and you just, uh, you know, you don't, you don't care about securing customers, right? In that scenario. Then there's the, the C4 Sherlock types where you just participate in contests so you don't have to find customers too. Mm-hmm. And then the last two types, which are, uh, you know, you can do, you know, Spearbit, C4 or whatever, but you find customers for your own, on your own too which is hard. And then the immunify yeah. types who just, you know, could probably not get a, a single cent for four months, but then get a one <laughs> million on the, on the six months. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think securing customers and, and hitting a, 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 you know, a huge bounties. I mean, obviously hitting a huge bounties is very hard, but I think securing customers is not easier either. I'm not, I'm not yeah. getting it on the same plate, but yeah. So I think, the keys build up, you know, three points: build a brand, generate content, build a portfolio, and then you know that's that's it. That's pretty much it. So uh, what I decided, I wanna 
I want to, I'm, I'm getting a very good paycheck, right? So yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell my time for more, you know, fixed pay. Yeah, yeah. Because you you don't get rich by renting all your time. You must own equity, a piece of business, uh, or mm-hmm, uh, you know sure. something on your own to gain financial freedom or hit a one million bounty, right? <laughs> so <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, I I decided I want to build a brand because that's where I'm going to build my own niche, right? A lot yeah. of people are like, uh, that's I mean, food is getting saturated, etc., etc., etc. But I, if you have your own niche. This can get saturated. So my brand will be myself for identity in the in the in the security space. That's how I felt about it. That's the reason people will approach me for work. And then that identity is shaped by the story the customers or my findings right. tell about my results. Right. Because when you audit the code base, you interpret it differently from the next person because you have different goals from, from your lens. Yeah, yeah. So to, to you know go to the portfolio uh, you know under the one business one person business philosophy you contribute and, and in, in our space you contribute by finding vulnerabilities mm-hmm. so you can after that show these to the you know to everybody so there are several ways you can just aggregate all your findings in a in a GitHub repo you yep. can you know publish all your uh, private audits you can get uh, first place on Curta. Uh, or uh, you know uh, paradigm CDF whatever yeah yeah and then and then content I think I think content is very uh, underrated because I, I I view content I like documenting my mind I like to think about social media as public public note taking system where I jot down on like what I'm learning and how it applies to my work mm-hmm. my thoughts and opinions on like you know skills and interests. And the lessons I learned through, you know, my work. Sure, yeah. So teaching others is often kept, gets swept under the rug because smart contract security requires specific knowledge that is often highly technical or Mm -hmm. creative. It cannot be outsourced. Yes, it can be automated to some extent. I think you're doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think it's hard to automate assumptions, right? Because a yeah. lot of books are logical books, vulnerabilities like transparency or like the what is the latest Astaria vulnerability with the, with the proxy. I think that maybe could be catchable by a software after some point. But exploiting what the developer assumed at the time and what you know he actually built, I think that's hard to automate. So uh, building content, I mean, yeah. generating content about that is. I mean, it shows your expertise. That's why you're going to be approached because, yeah, I think no, because I mean, that's, 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 uh, that's obvious. So again, yeah. I, I try to, you know, to limit myself so I don't rumble too much, but, and still be, you know, and still give you a, a you know, a sufficient yeah. answer. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, very compre- comprehensive. And I, I want to touch on two things. So okay. um, I'm just going to do the most recent. So, the automation, I, I totally agree. It's incredibly hard to automate for business logic. So every protocol has their own little niches and unique kind of implementations. And it's so hard to just generalize that and find every single... You basically have to write invariance, basically. Yeah. And what an auditor's job is, like a living... I guess like the most um, sophisticated computer for invariant testing, really. It's comparing stuff with things you have in your mind and a computer can't really do that until I guess like AI gets 
you know, incredibly sophisticated, but I think until then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing I wanted to touch on was your brand. So I think as well, like making content is extremely underrated. People think that if you teach someone this highly technical thing, it's going to diminish returns in your field. People aren't going to approach you as much because there's more competition. But as a friend once said, Jay Trilly, you making that content gives you an edge in another kind of like area. So you're losing in one space, but not like detrimentally to your career where you're going to like lose a job basically. But you're gaining massively in another space, which is teaching people. And a lot of people love that. And it basically your brand lives on for a very long time until you basically ruin your reputation. But I think even then, if your content is great, people are still going to share it, still going to read it. When people are entering the space or coming from a different field, they're going to, you know, they're going to show people and it's going to boost you from that. And then also with your brand of building your reputation from just doing contests and audits and showing that, that's basically your resume, not, you know, some traditional resume of saying, oh, I have expertise in this. You're actually showing results and that's what people want. Um, without results, you know, who's going to hire you without, you know, proof of being able to do something. And touching on that, I would like to ask, looking back at it, what do you wish you did differently to accelerate this process of kind of becoming an auditor and building this reputation of someone that a company can go to to basically secure their 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 content slash code yeah maybe the only thing that i would do different is get into contest earlier mm -hmm. that's 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 pretty much it if i have to be honest okay. because uh that was probably gonna force me to realize i can't do this after work i have to you know refine my schedule right. try uh you know and and just but i i, I don't i mean I don't count that as a time lost because I mean, I've learned a ton from it, which is not going to be applicable only to, you know, my security endeavors It's going to be applicable to my life going yeah. forward. I pretty much learned how to, how to manage stuff while having a full-time job, which is yeah, it's important. crazy. Yeah. That's probably the only, the only thing that I would change <clears throat> and something that I, that I'd like to, you know, touch on that you you know just to reply to what you what you know about uh sharing uh yep. knowledge i think building content about how you actually solve problems mm -hmm. forces you to apply what exactly you learn. yeah right you can iterate on that and get better with mm -hmm. time people will assume you know you know that's easy but you know you're getting a huge edge in a being, being able to learn stuff anything that yeah. you want you can learn about meditation tomorrow if you yeah, want exactly to. so that's that's huge mm -hmm. and uh a second thing that i you know i think it's not obvious for a lot of people but like uh i don't know at least personally for me i'd rather build a build an online brand presence uh, one-man business instead of building a huge firm or I, I don't have aspirations for like building a billion dollar company okay. but having control of your wife without with your you know audience and everything that you do is completely different thing right. Right? you know compared to you know just being good and mm -hmm. so you're prioritizing basically freedom over i guess materialistic money and building status all that stuff is that kind of on the right track or 
Yeah, yeah. I think <clears throat> I think the materialistic things are are gonna come with mm-hmm. time, right? I I'd rather you know do what I love, like because I legitimately love what I'm doing. I I, I live and breathe about it. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's you know that's what's making me rich right now. I'm I'm happy with everything that I do. I mean, no amount of money could could buy me that. Yeah, and. Uh, it's it's different because people people think about money and wealth at the same they they just place them on the same level like wealth i think is not money or status wealth is having an asset mm-hmm. that you know earn while you sleep money is how we transfer how how, how we transfer time and yep. wealth yeah i just don't don't attempt to play status games and you know I think I, I can know how to build. I'm trying to learn how to sell. And if I can do both, I think, you know, anybody that can do both is uh, going to be unstoppable. That's, that's pretty For much sure, it. yeah. I wonder if you ever did like, when you, did you ever like approach people for audits or did they all really approach you? Like, did you ever like cold message someone on Twitter and be like, yo, do you need an audit? What's happening? Or <laughs> Yeah. No, okay, never. sweet. Never. Never. <laughs> the good old cold emailing tactic i i think that's uh <clears throat> it's not a sustainable approach i mean it's it's maybe it's maybe it's sustainable i don't know but i just don't feel like doing it so yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much anything i get is like from my from my twitter yeah, yeah pretty, sure literally. um i read that you actually forced yourself to learn common vulnerabilities i guess relating to that which ones have you seen most frequent most frequently. And if someone was trying to become an auditor, I feel like a lot of people focus on getting the critical bugs. Is that, I feel like that's not the right mindset, right? What is your take on, on those? Amazing question. I think, I think the most subtle critical vulnerabilities, at least from what I read, because I don't have an Immunify critical, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, you know, some criticals and eyes on my um, Codrena or my audits. But like a, a very interesting critical that I found was like, so it was, I just cannot disclose the project, but it was about, so they had a custom token, right? And the token had a, a before before token transfer hook, right? It's, I mean, it's open Zeppelin, and you can just override mm-hmm. it. In the, in, the, in the hook, there was a condition that the transfer cannot happen to the token address itself. So knowing that and that the protocol batch transactions, a lot of transactions, mm-hmm. just having one transaction that is going to transfer to the token itself was going to, you know, brick all the yeah, other yeah. transactions. And so usually that's, uh, I mean, it's not a huge deal. I mean, it's a, it's a probably... If it's if if it was not for the batching, probably in Code Arena, it's called this was it was going to be a, a, a QA like a wall a wall severity mm-hmm. bug, but combined with everything else, what's that's what it makes it a critical. So I think the, I think I heard it in a on a on the office hours of Alex Alex the the judge from yep. Code Arena that you know the best criticals are like uh, you know walls or mediums where you twist the knife and you know just bump everything around into mm-hmm. it so yeah i hope that's yeah, yeah of answer. course um and another thing i wanted to ask was what is your kind of strategy do you use any like tools to help you audit or is it completely manual like uh, i think his name was chris 
the number one order on C4? I pretty much do everything manually. Okay, right. So just line by line. I don't do line by line. I do like flows. Okay. Right. So for for example, uh, I just see the, you know, for example, deposit money flow and it's going to generate some rewards. Yep. It's going to, you know, increase the quarter of the user, et cetera, et cetera. So I go through flows. Uh, that's, you know, better for me. I just can't, can't do kind of, can do wine by yeah, wine. Yeah. Just go through the contract. I I do wine by wine, but at the, but at the end first I go. Yeah, through that makes sense. So you're basically building like each possible um, path that can be accessed. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then you go line by line, and you're like, okay, wait, there's actually something yeah. here. Um, I wonder how do you approach? Do you ever think about like external contract use as well, or is it? Is your scope mainly towards just the one repo and contract in its own little world without, you know, the external contracts living on the EVM already? Oh, I mean, that's, uh, if somebody is not considering the external contracts, he's crazy. Always. I mean, always. Uh, if, if, the, if the fool that I'm looking at has a external cost, I just consider it as part of the, you know, the yeah. whole flow. I just include it in my, you know, mental model and, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you basically bring in that repo that it's interacting with, and you're like, okay, this is a part of it. Then I go through this and see yeah. if there's any special interactions. But there's also, well, touching on um, the dev- developers not considering uh, external contracts, a lot of the the critical vulnerabilities and hacks that happen are from you know flash loans, and you'd think that people would account for that kind of external interaction where someone's borrowing you know, a whole bunch of tokens that the developers probably not, you know, even thinking about as a possibility. And then they're going through a pool or vault, something like that, and just doing like an exploit like that. So I don't know, man, like people don't think of it. There's a lot of external contracts out there. And I think like Aave, Flash Loans is a big one, an Oracle manipulation that people overlook a lot. Um, So I guess how would you even like prevent prevent that for devs like they should be thinking of this right so maybe education needs to be better i think one of the best thoughts that i read about this Mm -hmm. is some some from paradigm he had an article about uh external calls right i think it was the dangerous surprising code something Mm -hmm. like that i'm not i'm just trying to you know remember from my mind Mm -hmm. people are like treating are assuming I'm not I, okay. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of people like re- relate external calls only with entrance. Yeah, right. The thing is that any kind of external call, any kind of external mm-hmm. call, can do a lot of a lot of stuff that you're probably not even aware yeah. of. Let's say it's an external call to a protocol which has an external call to another protocol. You just don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think treating external calls should, I mean, you know, rentrancy should be, I think that's the, 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 the takeaway from his article, but he's like, yeah, we should treat any kind of external calls like as a possible. Yeah, um, as a, like a attack vector or should. surface. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, surface. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if you, let's say you had a magic wand, right? And you could bring any tool to existence bring any tool to life that would help you 
basically assist you in auditing, what do you think you would create or yeah, bring? Okay, I, I have a very, very good answer. So I've spent a lot of time into diagramming, mm -hmm. right? Because I think that's gonna that's gonna help. But there are two things. I, I'm I'm shit at, you know, drawing stuff okay. <laughs> by hand. Yeah. I can't I can't understand it when when it gets, you know, complicated. Yeah, yeah. So then I, you know, I tried Mermaid JS, I tried Excalibur, I, I tried Draw Draw. Tried everything. Then I, then I set out for another software called Structurizer, okay. or, you know, another domain specific language, just send you the link in yep. Discord. And then I don't know, do you know Pyro? I do, yeah. From, uh, from Brock. So, yes. Okay. So, Pyrometer is great. I love mm -hmm. it. But I want to, I mean, it's, it's, it's pain in the ass to use for a huge oh, project. Really? So, well, try it for, let's say, a, a huge, a huge contest. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to, oh. it, to, to visualize okay, it. Yeah. So the two that I, I'd love if somebody built is basically pyrometer, mm -hmm. but visualized as a graph, like direct, direct, basically graph where the only available part are the bounds you set right? okay that's gonna be a keyword and i think you know if somebody builds he's gonna he's gonna assume you build it you're gonna you're gonna net some very very nice fine yeah. i think states and you know monitoring states is underestimated and it's a critical yeah. thing like a, a state could be like something might not be vulnerable at a certain state but you know let's say someone sends tokens to it oh now it's now it's vulnerable or like beyond a certain threshold. But basically what you're saying is something that can create diagrams, print them out so it's readable and between some certain bounds. So give us an example of that. So like a certain pathway or flow. Yeah. For a, for a specific, let's say, let's say, let's, let's just use the example from Pyramid. Okay. Um, so if that is visualized as a graph because right now it's it's easy to comprehend it okay. but when that when it's a way complicated way more complicated function that just gets kind of hard to to deal with at least for me i mean i'm just get overwhelmed so if that's a graph yeah just to like give a, a like an audio representation of this it's basically so you have a function and you have some conditionals some require statements um and basically, there's an upper and lower bound. So let's say you have variable x, which is an input. And then the require statement is x is x must be below, let's say, like 10. So then you have this all these possibilities from the maximum number all the way down to, okay, it can be 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or basically... That's, yeah, basically that, if it's below 10. Um, so that's what Pyrometer shows you. It's these bound slash ranges for variables, um, kind of like an intermediate representation kind of thing. And to continue on, this is kind of hard to read because when you have a bunch of these on every single line, it kind of overflows the page and it's super hard to read is kind of what you're getting at. And your alternative would be well, the alternative would be a graph. Okay, so like a DAG. Uh, exactly a graph. Yeah, exactly like a DAG. 
Exactly like okay. that. So the graph is like, you know. Yeah, instead of like lines. Connected. Yeah, yeah, instead of instead of like yeah. actual code lines, you would be able to see like A and B equals C. And it's kind of like a node for A, a node exactly. for B, a node for C, and then lines going yeah. up to C. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. So if someone does that, there you go. There's some free IP. <laughs> Sweet. And what have you ever like wondered of getting into something like automated analysis or are you just want to stick with manual? Probably. Yeah, probably. I would I would get definitely I would get but like I'm I'm trying to, you know, build my skills one step at right. a time. So you're trying to master what you're doing now. Yeah. Cool. And let's say like someone's trying to start out uh, like what should they really be targeting? Um let's say they go into a, a C4 contest or something like that. And they're trying to find a bug, but the, all they're focusing on is like, okay, how do I exploit this? Should they be f- focusing on that or should they be going more for like the informationals or the lows? I, I, I've i never went for informationals or lows. Okay. Uh, so, you know, t- take my opinion with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I think it's, it's especially, it, it depends on your uh, previous experience, yeah. right? For example, as far as I know, Trust had a uh, plenty of cybersecurity experience with uh, iOS. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? That, you know, it's that's 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 completely different. If you are uh, you know that kind of you know adversarial mindset, and then you are mm-hmm. uh, you know somebody who's you know just starting overall you know programming. Right. So uh, I think it's 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 wrong to start and like expect a lot of stuff because at least for me that's going to be overwhelming so yeah let's just generalize all the all the things that i'm going to say it's like they apply to me may not apply yeah, yeah. to somebody else but like that's how i do stuff so just keep it chill uh you know limit your yourself to a limited amount of like let's say goals or or tasks a day so you don't get overwhelmed mm-hmm. find what works for you like maybe you're going to be better with you know, reading the docs first or after. For sure. I think the biggest alpha is like in, in keeping out variables that can be tweaked from different places or different okay. contexts. So like um, user input and basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, no, it's, yeah, it's user input, but let's say you have a storage variable. Okay. I had, I had, I had one, one contract where uh, you could, you could pass the storage variable mm-hmm. and then it could be manipulated into, let's say, two two different libraries. Like libraries are not contracts; they are they are state, yeah. right? But it's manipulated in different places. So you just have to figure out where and under what conditions it can be manipulated. Who, who's going to be able to manipulate, let's say, for example, if it's an ERC twenty, which functions can manipulate a total supply? Sure, like burn and mint yeah right so under what conditions that happens sure yeah on top of that like you you can with those set of like rules you just placed out you could really just build a tool to sort of like follow these rules right and i guess a lot of people do that with the bot races that were recently introduced to c4 i don't know if they're on other contest platforms but i guess what are your thoughts on on these bot races and what are they kind of missing that's not taking over you know the main the main main pool as far as i know some of the bots are built with regex okay and had some conversations about regex so uh and what it seems like regex can get you pretty far gone uh what what is a regex so maybe i'm not saying it well but uh, regular expressions okay right 
that's why what I mean. Yeah, I apologize. I've always like. Uh, so good. Um, but yeah, continuing. Yeah. And then the other type of bots are built with like uh, ASTs, right? Right. So I have a lot of experience with ASTs because I've built like plenty of tools uh, for JavaScript. I'm, uh, I'm crazy for anything JavaScript, so I've built a lot of you know bubble uh, mm-hmm. bubble tools. So both bots just have pros and cons. I don't think that any of them can beat a properly fed and curated LLM, right? So if somebody builds the LLM, I think that's that's when the show is gonna, when it's gonna come. Until then, we're just gonna have, because you know, current bots, they, they, and and just, again, I'm just guessing what Mm -hmm. they do, is like kind of pattern matching, look for some stuff here and there, you know, compare, see if it's like the same, at least what, that's what I'm mm-hmm. guessing. So it's built on the assumptions builder of yeah, the bot, yeah. right? If you train a, a data model, it's going to be built on the assumptions of everybody. Yeah. So that's that's the cure. That's the cure of everything. Um, yeah, I guess like in order to build a good bot, you've got to be a good auditor to begin with, right? Like you've got to know yeah, kind of what causes an exploit and like the common patterns to find those things. And if you're not like, you can't audit normally, then automating it would be quite difficult. Um, but it would be interesting to talk yeah. talk to one of these uh, these bot races um, in the future, which I have reached out, hopefully it will happen. Um, what is kind of like on your radar to do next? Like what are you, you're obviously doing private audits now, but do you think you'll continue that for the rest of your life or what's kind of like, what are you aiming to do or learn in the next couple, you know, months, years? Yeah, I wanna, I wanna do more contests. So while, while you know, private audits are you know very lucrative in terms of mm-hmm. money, I'm probably gonna refuse a few, a few deals here and there, and I've already done that several times okay. because I wanna, I wanna just get you know a few first places in in contests just because that's the for me, the best for, measure. Yeah. 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 I mean, the best measure I'm doing well. Yeah. yeah. Right. I can't, I, I just want to know for myself that I'm, I can do so well that I can just, you know, top a few, a few, a few contests. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, I mean, it's, I've never audited in a team. So uh, okay. I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to invite some folks to, you know, I'm going to split my uh, private audit. Uh, fee with them yeah, yeah right so i mean my, my my quote so i just get to audit with somebody uh so you know i just do it in a team i i literally don't care if we're gonna split like 5k each or a 3k yeah. or 4k each i i'd rather do it in a team and just you know see how it goes because you know that's uh, at least for now the only way for me to do that mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I don't have plans actually. I'm just uh, trying to uh, you know I'm I'm in, I'm enjoying myself. I enjoy I legitimately enjoy what I do. I'm I'm looking forward to ETHCC in Paris in July oh, yeah. to meet a lot of people. So yeah, that's that's it. No plans. I mean, just do do what I feel curious about each day. That's I think the most mm-hmm. interesting thing about that. Yeah, job. sure. Just basically find a passion. And go for it. I guess even finding the passion is is the hard thing. But once you do, you basically just got to like, you know, just go hard at it, right? 
and then that will take you down a rabbit hole where you might find another another passion. I mean, that's what happened for me. Like I went down, I think Solidity, which was amazing at the time, and then I got kind of bored, and then I tried like NF, I got into like protocol development, and then I did like an AMM, then NFTs, and then after that I was like, okay, I'm I'm really bored at protocols, and then I just did some freelancing, met some people. And got into MEV, and I was like, "Wow, a whole new world!" Um, and that's what kind of got me into backend. And then after that, I learned basically Huff, which is like reading and writing bytecode. And then through that is how I discovered formal verification. So it's really just like a rabbit hole of interests and pursuing them to, I guess, as much mastery as you can, and then on that path, you meet people and learn new things that could basically direct you in a new pathway. Um, and I think that's kind of like really life as well, like meeting people, discovering what they do, then getting interested. Yeah, I feel, feel like that's a key thing. I think with auditing, it's even more significant because you're reviewing all these code bases. So you must have like a really good understanding of a variety of different protocols and how they function kind of like a research oh yeah you're, you're basically a researcher and an, and an auditor at the same time the best combination for uh for a person who's i mean obviously that's another job for a person who's like you know i want to learn react and set yeah, up yeah. for that in the next two or three years yeah. i i actually appreciate that you brought up uh, you know trying different stuff you know doing different stuff I for sure don't see myself like doing audits my 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 whole life. I'm just not not like yeah. that. Okay, I just uh, I'm probably gonna find something more interesting or something just that's you know gonna spill over from from audit something. Like maybe I could get into building a protocol. I don't mm -hmm. know. I I really align with what I said. Like you know, doing one thing opens the door for like many other things, and you can get interested in each one of them. And what makes you special and uh, you know and different is being that you are uh, you know you, you've been through all of these. And I'm just I'm just not a person who's uh, you know gonna specialize in one thing for his whole yeah. life. I've you know just for a bit of context, uh, when I started, I did like a, a mini startup where I'm here in uh, you know where yeah. I live in. I was like um, I was building e-commerce stores. I was like literally. Walking around and, and offering like random businesses, uh, you know, do you want me to be a store? Oh. And I got into uh, marketing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, exactly like that. Yeah. 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 18. I was 18. So uh, then I got into backend. I was, you know, working with C Sharp, Java, whatever. Then, you know, the JavaScript craze came in. You know, I, I switched completely. I was doing, just doing, you know, Mostly front end, and by front end, I don't mean like CSS yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was working on a lot of frameworks. Uh, you know, uh, I actually have contributions to React and Next.js. Oh, really? So just for the record, yeah. full stack dev. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just do what I feel passionate about, and don't take me wrong, I feel passionate about management too. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it, like growing people. Mm -hmm. You know seeing how they progress with your help yep. that's awesome but all the politics all the bureaucracy and fakeness you know in the higher echelons of management is not my yeah, taste not desirable so, 
And I guess that's a reason why you don't want to like start a like an auditing firm as well. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think this has been a wonderful talk. It's been amazing to have you on and talk about all these things. Um, hopefully you've had the same kind of experience. Yeah. It's been lovely having you on, man. Uh, absolutely amazing experience for me too. Thank you for, uh, you know, having me. Of course. You know, good luck. I, 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 I figured, I figured from Twitter you're you're building something. So good luck for good luck with that. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, we'll see in the, the next few months, yeah. hopefully. But it's it's definitely like a massive grind. But yeah, here we go. This has been a pretty good interview, and we'll see you on the next one, I guess. <laughs> All right. See Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>